Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a top five edition of Soap Dish Port Charles Style and Salem Style. We are combining together this week to give you your top five favorite fathers. And joining me, I have Dylan, Nick, Sarah, and Ariet. Say hello. Hi, hey, y'all. Hi, everyone. Hi. And Happy Fajas Day. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't remember Only if I said my name, ones. but y'all know me by now. I'm your host, Tony Ann. <laughs> um, but we can jump right in. Nick, what is your number five? Um, my number five, I'm going to pick from my good dad's list. Um, and I'm <laughs> going to say uh, Clint Buchanan. Because oh. when I started watching One Life to Live, I didn't know all the history. I just knew he treated Kevin joey and jessica at the time like his blood and i didn't assume they weren't until someone told me they weren't like i'm like oh wait so not only he married vicky when she had two kids by another man most men probably wouldn't do that and then because they're shitty and then he gave them their name he treated them like blood sometimes he got along with kevin and joey more than he got along with his own son um cord and when Jessica found out that Mitch Lawrence was supposedly her father, nothing changed. It may have changed for her, but nothing changed for him. Those were his kids, and no one could ever take them from him. And it was also, I also love the fact that the rest of the Buchanan's recognized them as his children, too. Because you couldn't tell Asa, Kevin, and Joy were his grandsons. You couldn't tell him that um, Jessica wasn't his granddaughter regardless of blood he loved them he raised them as his own and they never felt excluded or othered and i think i like that about them and i don't think i realized i like that about them until i actually had to sit down and think about it but that was um really and interesting even, to think about yeah and even the stuff he did in the later years like the schemes he did like with the paternity mess up and stuff he was he was trying to help one of his daughters. Are you talking about at the end with the babies? Yeah. I don't count those years. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you did when you first said his name, and I'm like, because mm. to be honest, I didn't remember most of it. I'm just thinking about the because I don't think I had a lot of experience with him, but from what I from what I went back and researched, he he just loved those boys and because i think it's also because he loved their mom so much but kevin joey and later jessica because he thought jessica was his they never felt different than the rest of his kids or the rest of his family if that makes sense i am glad that they gave him jessica back in the finale yeah that made me happy it it, it did he didn't need it to make her his daughter but it felt right because just Mitch Lawrence needed to be gone completely. He, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Lawrence is a great case of how to ruin a really compelling villain. Yep. Because Ron managed to do it quickly and swiftly. This is brand at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sarah, what is coming in at number five for you? 
My number five is only number five because I don't go here anymore. And I had, <laughs> I, when I was here, it was for a very short period of time. So I don't have the history. Um, but my number five is Victor Newman. Um, I don't think he's a good dad. I mean, other people may argue differently, but <laughs> from what I have seen of this man, he is hot garbage. <laughs> and, I, and, and that is all. He had her arrested on her wedding day. Victor's <laughs> a menace. Yes. He's a menace. He, he just hates everyone. I don't think he's like a happy person in, in general even. He just hates everyone. It's he barely likes his children, except for maybe Victoria. He Again, he had her arrested on her wedding day. Yeah. yeah. So, which, so which, does he even like her? Billy. <laughs> My face. That was hilarious. <laughs> Dr. Newman. Newman always gives crap to the old man. Oh, he's miserable. Victor <laughs> right, is the epitome of I will drag you, but I won't let anyone else <laughs> unless I feel like you need to learn a lesson and then I'll let them drag you so far, but not any further than I think you need to be dragged. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 he's he's an interesting the the great Victor Newman is an interesting uh it's an interesting guy over there yeah mm-hmm. well do you have any interesting guys coming in at your number five <laughs> yes my number five um probably going to be a relatively new entry to the list for a lot of you but I don't think that I'll get too many people who disagree. My number five is Marcus Taggart in General Hospital. Yeah, oh, I forgot about him. He was on my list. Yeah, that's why I, he was a struggle for me because like he's very new, but he's still good. That's the only reason why yeah. I didn't put him on my list. And it's interesting for me as someone who was watching when he entered the chat. Like, if you had told, I feel like if you had told anybody in like the the nine nine in the 2000s that <laughs> Gia's overprotective often overbearing older brother was going to turn out to be one of the most sensitive sensible and supportive fathers to ever do it nobody would have believed you <laughs> like we it that that dude anger boy the dude that calls Jason anger boy all the time not that dude <laughs> But like he is. Marcus Taggart is him. From the moment he stepped through the doors that Kelly's and Trina flew into his arms, they have had this amazing father-daughter relationship. And it just makes your heart happy. Yeah. Like she is, she's his center and he's her foundation. And it's unquestioned. Like there's no doubt. There's no insecurity there it is what it is and he's still overprotective but like his edges has been softened and he's a much better listener than he used to be and he is he's respectful of the fact that Trina is an adult even when he's not on board with her choices yeah he really is and like he doesn't he doesn't try to control her and he's always in her corner and when he found out that his baby girl might not be his biologically, he did not miss 
one beat. Not a one. And he just, he stood in the gap between her and all of her fears and all of her anger and all of her disappointment and insecurity. And he didn't let it overwhelm her or overtake her or let it make her doubt her place in his heart and his devotion to her. And then like, oh, when they got those DNA tests. Oh, oh, God. I I have never hated Portia more than in that moment. Oh my! And God. I hate saying that because I love her, but damn it! <sighs> like, yeah, because it's like you back and just give me a convoluted story. I, I, at this I'll point, I'll take, I'll take it. I'll take Miss Wu did it. It ain't got to be convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> like he, it, it was so, for me. It was it was them running back his initial reaction to finding out she might not be his, and it was the way that he put his own devastation and hurt aside to comfort and reassure her and let her know that she still had him and make it as easy as possible on her and make it let her know she didn't have to choose between being loyal to him and getting to know Curtis and you could see what it was costing him in that moment because like Rael was acting with his entire body like he was shaking like you could see it you could see that he was falling apart but he wasn't going to let her witness that and so when he broke down and he made sure that she would never see it and never know that it happened like that is a man that is a father that's a good man savannah okay <laughs> like those elevator scenes oh, oh my god my heart and, and the then, break like, give that man everything they said that he has more coming up he does this coming week in oh. kelly's with jordan apparently jordan finds him in a drunken spiral and he said he got a standing ovation after he filmed those scenes oh, from so the crew so i can real all the things i know all it's gonna break them. my heart oh but yes marcus taggart like uh, who knew <laughs> not me that is a here good we choice are. all right all right what's coming in at number five for you so my number five is, of course, Eli Grant on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Stop it, Sarah. Go ahead. Leave me alone. Outright <laughs> Lucius. <laughs> one, thing, one thing about a top Ooh. five, Ariette is going to put her faves in there. Always. Listen, That's why know. we love her. <laughs> I was going to have them higher up, but hey, y'all humbled me. <laughs> Anything. Anyway. Um, if there's one thing though about Eli Grant, his kids are always a priority for him, and we all know he'd move heaven and earth for them. I mean, he did everything to have Lonnie not in prison and give birth in prison to the twins. And granted, we haven't seen uh, a lot since the twins are young. He's somewhat of a new father and they're all gone but when we did see them the glimpses we saw of him as a father were unmatched and of course i would not have a top five list and not put eli on it and you can tell how um how loved carver and jules are and of course they will grow up to be as stubborn as their parents <laughs> and messy on a good day as Lonnie. Um, <laughs> and I'm definitely here for that. 
But also, like, I need to give him a shout out because he's kind of low key right now. Even if we we know that um Valerie will help out, he's kind of raising them as on his own because Lonnie is in jail, and I I, I can imagine it's a lot because they're twins. And yeah, I just I just have to give shout out to Eli because he is a good father. And yes, I love my messy, scheming, entertaining fathers, but Eli's entertaining on his own as a good father. And I I would have loved to see more, but maybe someday when they get back, I would love to see that. But he's Me too. I would love to see them grow up and see just the family back but anyway back to Eli Grant as a father he is an example of a good father on a soap and that's why he's number five on my list all right well my number five may be a bit of a head scratcher but as Dylan likes to say walk with me here because this will make sense mm, I'll see Jason Morgan <laughs> girl only bye. In, only in reference to Michael <laughs> That's what, that's what I do. You said he's a good father to one particular person and shitty to everybody else. <laughs> he's a good father to Michael. Always has been a good father to Michael. He's not a good father to his own children, but he's a good father to Michael. <laughs> for me, I mean, he went to he went to jail to protect him. That why was Mike okay. I'm I'm no. trying to walk with you, but the path is rocky. <laughs> no, no, fair, fair. I knew it was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be. Because I'm going to point out as 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 much as everybody gets angry at Dante for like cracking open the quote unquote secret, uh walk with me <laughs> back into the past. Why was it even on Dante's radar that there was a secret to crack open? Because Michael was what? What was Michael doing? Michael was acting the fuck out. Why? Because Michael was falling apart over the guilt of what had happened with Claudia. And what was the reaction from his good daddy, Jason, and his mom and his other daddy, Sonny? Oh, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. You know, it's hard now, but you'll be able to live with it. He could, he didn't make it. He didn't make it a good month or he was showing his ass and cracking that, up. That, that is true. But for like, I've always loved the Jason Michael relationship. And it made me want to see Jason actually be a father. And then they just, and look what we got. <laughs> never. When it comes to Michael, he was a present father figure. He was present. He was present. <laughs> he, he was more present than either one of his parents at times. Yeah, he's yeah. he was a consistent parental figure for Michael. Yeah. I would not say that he was particularly good. Yeah. I did like their relationship though. Yeah, like he I feel like he made more compromises and sacrifices for Michael than either one of his parents did. Yep. Yeah, did. But I again. Mean... 
I th- I think my problem is that everyone says that Jason was a good dad, and then when you ask, he's not like yeah. Personally, for me, you can't he can't be a good dad if like for his own kids. Like, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I I knew this was gonna be a head scratcher of a pick. I knew when I put it, I was gonna catch hell, and I'm okay with it. I mean, it is your top five. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. This is a yeah. This is a good um. This is a good time to you know make it make it very clear that the opinions, thoughts, <laughs> are you know. Hmm. <laughs> That's what makes this fun. Candidates you know, on this list are not reflective of a collective opinion. <laughs> oh no, there we go. They are very individual. <laughs> and um Tony is walking this path alone. <laughs> I, I am I am motorized, so I will get down this path very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! I would just like to point out that I did not get this much pushback when I said when I had Helena Cassidine <laughs> on my mom's list, and that right there should tell you everything you need to know about Jason Morgan's fatherhood. <laughs> well, to be fair, your Helena Cassidine was mother, <laughs> not good mom. So you managed to make that work, and plus, you're so good at making arguments that we couldn't really argue against you. So. <laughs> Uh, but Jason Morgan, I mean, if you liked it, I love it. I, I love it for you. Yeah. <laughs> because, sure. Hey, Nick, are you composed enough to give us your number four? I am. And well, old boy's going to catch a stray because it's a two way tie between the Cassidine and Quartermain men. Because all. Sorry, like <laughs> 10 on one list. It's six or well, seven. <laughs> but all of them. From it's the worst of the Quartermains and the worst of the Cassidines, and that's your number four. <laughs> <laughs> from Mikos to Stavros to Nicholas. <laughs> they are insane, crazy, obsessive, psychotic, abusive, which we mm-hmm. also found out. Like the Cassidine men are ridiculous. Are awful and they procreate like crazy, but also Victor. They, <laughs> but they, they're just terrible. They're terrible human beings for the most part. And I think that's the reason they're terrible fathers because they weren't meant to have children. <laughs> they like, they just weren't like fucking is one thing, but being a parent is another. Like, that don't make, <laughs> I just like Stavros, like, we know how Nicholas got here. Nicholas had a chance to be a decent father. And the moment he was, the moment Emily died, it has been downhill ever since. Mm-hmm. Miko's picked Helena for a bride. Enough said. Like, there's just. <laughs> <laughs> and on the quartermain side, Edward picked Lila, but. I don't think she did much to help him. Um, That's the only good <laughs> choice he ever made. He he played his children against each other. He played his grandchildren against each other. 
and how he had his he had his son doing the same thing because yep, Alan was that's why Alan is a terrible father. I love Alan, but he's a terrible father because there was no reason for Jason and AJ to grow up as close as they did. They were literally three years apart in age, and for Monica to adopt Jason and raise him as her own, but those boys to hate each other the way they did in the end. None. Like good. What did y'all do in that house? It was amazing. And that's why, and that's why Tracy um <laughs> withheld Alan's medication. <laughs> that is why Tracy was always on Alan about giving the house to Monica. <laughs> she knew better. Yeah, it's just it, and it's generations of terrible fathers amongst mm-hmm. those two families. Ned Ned is probably the only decent one in the bunch, if I can remember. Yeah, because look, I mean, look at Jason. Because he hasn't <laughs> really, I mean, Ned hasn't really. AJ, kidnapped, AJ kidnapped Michael and faked his death. Oh, Jason, God, that was bad. Jason walked away from both of his kids. I mean, like, <sighs> I, I love, like, listen, I feel like when it comes to Alan Quarterman, it depends on when you entered the chat. Mm-hmm. because I know that there are going to be people who are going to be like, he was a great dad to Emily. He was a great dad to Sky. He was a great girl dad, but he was oh, wait, 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 run it back. <laughs> run it back. <laughs> I, I'm like Wheezy, young money, run it back. Okay, hold on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like to point out to those of you who entered the chat late, that back in the day when Alan was on drugs, he was getting high with Emily. Oh God. So- oh shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just was going off of the way he dealt with his sons. So Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just they shouldn't, I'm, have, they shouldn't have killed Emily off. I'm just I'm just pointing out mistakes were made. <laughs> Just he loved his girls down. He loved his girls down. He Jason was always his golden boy. AJ always got the short end of the stick. But and I love me some Alan Quartermain. I adore I adore him as a character. Love me some Alan Quartermain. But his fathering was not five stars at all. (laughs) It was not. Everybody, your your children, your family is dysfunctional for a reason, Edward. It didn't get this way by accident. <laughs> like, exactly. And because and, and, I, I vividly remember how that even went down. Like there was, um, he had gone to his drug dealer. He could not get any, um, he, he couldn't get his opiates because the dealer was like, there's a shortage in Port Charles. Um, so he went to, he, he went to visit Emily and it was when she was having her issues with pills. And so he asked her if she had any hydrocodone left. Sweet and she Jesus. was. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know this. Yeah. And she, I think she said she had one or two and they split it. Uh-huh. And that. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so I vividly remember that. I vividly remember that. So oh, like. Damn I, bad. Like, okay. He was da- Listen, when Alan was, he was, when he was down, he was down horrendous. But it was, I I will say if you can find, like, clips or videos or, like, digging grandma's attic and come up with the VHS tapes, 
<laughs> Alan's drug storyline was very, very well done. So, like, but it's you will feel away, especially if you are a parent yourself. Wow, you will feel away. <laughs> but like, that's just he left his girls down. But um, didn't make the best choices for them. Choices, <laughs> y'all make them, and mm, baby. Yeah, number four, the Cassidy <laughs> and the Court of Main Men, because yeah. all of them, <laughs> all of them, because like even like Stefan loved Nicholas, devoted his whole life to Nicholas. Yeah, was robbing it... Nicholas blind at the end. So like again, choices. Yep. what Nicholas is that way for a reason. It sure Cause is because Starros didn't raise him. Mm-mm. Sarah, yeah, number what is four. number four for you? My number four is Michael Corinthos Jr., a.k.a. Sonny Corinthos. Um, if you partake in GH viewing, I don't think I need to tell you why he's on this <laughs> list. <laughs> um, I assume he's, he's just... another one of the ain't shit category. Oh, for sure. Like, that's what you got saying. That goes without <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> this man, one thing about Sunny though, I mean, you can love your kids down, still makes you a terrible person and a terrible he does love his children. Yeah. As as hard <laughs> as it may be to believe, he loves his children, but man, he does not do right by any of them. Okay. Granted, that is also in part because of his lifestyle and his job, but yo, that man, he, as a father, he ain't shit and he will never be shit. I will never forget. And you're not wrong. ABC couldn't even come up with episodes where he was a good father because literally, y'all remember that collection they did of the best of all of Sonny's children? Mm -hmm. Which is supposed to exemplify how great of a father he is. Except all it did was show how much of an ancient father he is and how Jason was the better father to Michael than he ever was. Yeah. And, just, and the bar either. was in hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he loves his kids. He does. But he's a does. Shit father. He really does love them hard. And a lot of the time, that's the issue. He loves yeah. them too hard. And he doesn't know how to let them be them because like that's why Christina almost got blown up like he sh- <laughs> he would have been better off going after Johnny and maybe getting Johnny locked up for something don't plan a car bomb dude like just like just yeah <laughs> that was that was a lot chaotic he shot his own son I mean to be fair he didn't know it was his son okay but <laughs> <sighs> Like at point blank range, Sonny is terrible. He also, and, and, he also no, punched but, that son in the face. Remember, this was years later on that play. Okay, where he knocked him out. <laughs> okay, it's the way he slept with Morgan's Ooh. girlfriend and then Ooh. gaslighted him when confronted. Okay, oh, 
God. God, Sonny was Sonny Sonny is a shit. terrible human being. <laughs> he, he's it's... thoroughly entertaining because he. I'm gonna be real. He was number one on my so list. entertaining. He's number one on my list, and I ain't gotta say it now that Sarah said it. He's thoroughly entertaining, but he is a horrible father, horrible person, and it's yeah, horrible. It's father. hard to argue which child he's been the worst to because he got Michael shot in the head, but he always treated Morgan like shit. At this point, Avery and Ghana are getting the best. They are. Because all of his other kids. Yeah, because he's too old to be doing that shit now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, they, the father, and it's going to be interesting, like, depending on how long the show goes, because the father that they're getting is not the father that the rest of their siblings got. Nope. And oh my God, I would love to see that dynamic. I would, uh, I would pay anything to see that dynamic play out like imagine if christina is jealous over avery and donna's relationship with sunny because they're so much closer to him than she was at that age closer she maybe their life is a bit more peaceful because her and sunny of sunny's adult children sunny and christina have a very close relationship at least that's what we see and that's how i interpret it so i don't think she she would be jealous of the peace that they have now. I, I mean, think, I don't think she would, but I think it's possible only because she hasn't seen it yet. Like for if, if, they, if they grow up with a semi-normal life and actually have a relationship with him and she gets to see that, I think it could be very interesting. He didn't get that when she was younger. Because yeah, like all of, I, I always say it all the majority of Christina's issues, it's interesting that Alexis catches all the smoke, but the majority of Christina's issues are because her father abandoned her. We're just going to call it what it mm-hmm. is. Does she blame Alexis for that? And that's why Alexis catches all the smoke? I think Alexis catches, I think it's because Alexis is a safe place. Her mother is not going to leave her. Her father might. Yeah. Yeah. Because you push Sonny away, if you push Sonny him, push Sonny too hard. He'll back off, and he won't. And he'll he'll and she's kind of from you. And, she and she's kind of that. seeing that with Michael currently. Yeah. So yeah, it's yes, yeah, Sunny's a mess. <laughs> and like I can see her feeling a way about watching her sisters get to grow up, being daddy's little princesses, mm-hmm. and her. Having had that when she was little and then having had it taken away from her and then having to sit on the sidelines and watch him fight tooth and nail, hand and claw to be in her brother's lives. Because that's what happened. Like when they when they aged her, that's that's the story that we got. Like that's that's what it was. She might so. be the most chaotic of Sonny's kids. She should be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, she should be. And she could be the most compelling, but they don't really care for Christina. Yeah, it's it's weird. And they've killed Morgan off, so. Yeah. Ellen, what is number four for you? Okay, for my number four, we are traveling to Salem, and I'm sure he's probably on at least one other person's list. But my number four is John Black. Good choice. Good choice. He's he's just a good dad. He's just a really good dad. And the thing is, like, 
John's not just committed to his biological children, but like he spent years raising Carrie, Sammy, and Eric. And some of those years he did it as a single dad. Yep. Because Anna and Marlena weren't, you know, available. We'll say available because it was a (laughs) lot going on. (laughs) It was was a lot. Okay. We can't get it. Oh, Lord. It was a lot. We don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) And like, there's still like a closeness and a bond between him and those kids. And to me, his relationship with Sammy is the relationship that really just exemplifies how good of a father he is because it's complex and it's complicated and there's a lot of feelings there but at the end of the day there's also so much love and she spewed so much venom at him and he knew that part of it was deserved because of everything that happened with the affair but he never stopped loving her and it and made the, the moment when he came out of the coma in 2007 and she hugged him that much better because it took us 14 years to get to that point. Like it's it's complicated, but I feel like it's even more so than the ones that are nice and easy, like him and Belle or him and Carrie. It's just a, a testament to the love that he pours into his kids and his grandkids. And like even him and Paul, they had kind of a rocky start because of the will of it all. But, like, as soon as he knew, like, okay, this is my child, open heart, open arms, open home, like, this is my child. I will never forget John Black celebrating pride with his son. (laughs) Like, he's... (laughs) (laughs) Like, even even with Leo, when Diana was like, oh, John's your father, John was like, you know what, I don't think so, but in case I am, how you doing, kid? What do you, you you know, like he's just he's that guy. and He's such a great grandfather. And like the DNA doesn't dictate which one of the grandkids he shows up and shows out for. Like he will go to war for Will the same way he will go to war for Claire. He did go to war for Allie. He and John didn't talk the entire time. She thought Trip was her rapist. John and John and Steve did not speak. He's just, you could not build a better father in a lab. And I promise you, Dr. Rolf has tried. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. And and he's tried to break John of every good fathering habit that he has to no avail. John Black is just, he's, he's, he's dad. He's just, when you talk about some top tier fathering, you were talking about John Black. Yeah. Good choice. All right. What is number four for you? My number four um, is an exact opposite of a good father. Oh, Lord. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from days. It's oh, from we're traveling Sunset. to Sunset Beach. Yes, we are. And this man is Gregory Richards. Um, and he is the. <laughs> perfect example oh he ain't shit yes <laughs> and <a> proudly so <laughs> you remember <laughs> i remember a lot about greg Gregory was a, oh lord he was a problem he was a menace like 
when it comes to uh controlling and scheming in their kids' lives, think of him kind of like Kate, except he was ten times worse and more villainous. Oh Jesus. Anyway, yeah. Um, like he Gregory was so set on portraying his family as perfect, but on the inside, inside a house, he tried to scare away Caitlin's boyfriend, his daughter, um, Cole, who later became her husband. And also he messed with his sh- uh, son Sean's life as well. Like this is the man who, with the help from his wife, planned to steal Caitlin's baby and pass it off as Olivia's and then wanted to tell Caitlin that her baby had died in order to break up her relationship with Cole. And that was because all because they disapproved of um, Cole because of his criminal past. And, oh, it does not stop there. This is nothing. This man went as far as faking his own death falling off a pier and putting his family, even like despite him being an asshole and terrible and whatnot, they were upset that he died. But no, he faked his own death and he came back pretending to be uh, someone called Tobias Richards. I guess that was his own uncle he was pretending to be or one of his relatives and messed with his family's mind. Until he got caught. This is the <laughs> this is the example of the kind of father he was. He was terrible throughout. And he loved himself more than like he loved himself and the perfect image more than he loved his kid. That is I'm convinced of that. But also seeing how destructive and terrible he was as a parent was actually really entertaining and fun to watch throughout the entire run of Sunset Beach. Gregory Richards was awful. Awful. And that's why he's number four. All right. Well, coming in at number four for me, I'm going to rearrange my list a little bit and I am going to piggyback off of Dylan's number four and I am going to jump on the John Black train. I love John as a father and my favorite thing is that he has a very specific and different relationship with each child and each one is so special. And I just love it. And I love that he can also be real with his kids, but also like not push to the point that they completely shut down. And it's just Dylan, everything Dylan said, when you think of the picture perfect soap dad, John Black is instantly the first person to come to mind. And he was going to be up higher on my list, but I moved him just to bring him up now. And that is why he is my number four. Nick, what do you have at number three? Well, I was going to pick from my good dad's list, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be on someone else's list. So I'm going to pick from my bad dad's list. (laughs) And it's a father-son duo. Now, they (laughs) did spend a lot of time on screen together, but they are equally shitty. Victor Lord and Todd Bennett. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. You're not wrong. You sell one shot. (laughs) Victor is a monster. Victor molested one of his daughters. 
the other one he wasn't sure was his, so he resented the fact that she existed. He <laughs> he he paid off. Oh, he he paid Irene Manning to keep quiet, even though he was screwing her when she was sixteen or nineteen. I forgot which. Got her pregnant, pay her to keep quiet. Made sure Todd went to someone else. who also turned out to be abusive. Good God. Todd didn't stand a chance. And then, fast forward, what, 30 years, 20 years? How long? 30 years. Probably about 37 years. We find out Todd is a Manning. and we. But the problem is, we meet Todd when he's leading a gang rape. And Oh my God. <laughs> that's that's What literally was Todd? how... That's What was how Todd's Manning... last name then? If we didn't know he was, He was Todd Manning, it was but Manning. That's what. That's how they connected that it. yeah, That's Irene. the writer, I think, was it Michael Malone? Yep. He didn't, they didn't know that there was an Irene Manning. And I think back then she was known as Irene Clayton. Manning was her maiden name. And because she was married to Tina's stepfather. So he, they, did, he, they didn't know that her maiden name was Manning. So that's how they ended up connecting Todd to the Lords. Todd... he sold his son on the black market because he didn't think it was his like just just get, by that time it was the 90s you could or the late the early 2000s you could have just gotten a dna test sir like you just <laughs> Literally, Maury was right there. and like in victor's offense he didn't know if meredith was his because she was born in the 50s he couldn't figure it out he just assumed she was his but like the 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 trauma victor caused It translated in Vicky's life with the way she dealt with her kids, specifically Jessica, and the way Todd dealt with all of his kids, from selling Jack on the black market to throwing Star down the stairs when she was pregnant. Well, technically, that wasn't Todd. That was Victor. Yes, that was retconned into later being Victor, but at the time, I thought it was Todd. <laughs> so <laughs> Todd and Victor are a perfect example of The father was hot garbage, so so the Let son me was. be worse. <laughs> no, I think Victor was worse. I genuinely think... No, see, I think... No, I can't even say that. They were equally terrible. I think Todd may have wanted to be a better person. I just don't think he knew how to be a better person. Victor, I don't think he ever wanted to be because I don't think he ever saw anything wrong with what he was doing. That's the wild part. Yeah, it's Ugh, like, just think of... All of his wives, outside of Vicky's mother, all of them were Vicky's age. Irene was Vicky's age. Dorian was Vicky's age. The man had an issue. Like, like something's, something's wrong. Something was wrong in the Lord Gene Pool. That man had an issue. Because when he started messing with Irene, she was a teenager. She was Vicky's college roommate. <laughs> Ew. like... Look, he threw he threw Vicky's mama down the stairs in front of her when she was like six. She was Jesus, those it's no wonder she split. yeah Yeah, those he kids was a didn't mess. those kids didn't stand a chance. I think she was pregnant And it was with him Meredith. coming back like the Crypt Oh, Keeper trying to snatch Natalie's Natalie's heart. heart. Oh my God, I remember. I had just started watching One Life to Live when that happened. That Now, was. mind you, I have never been a Natalie fan, so I might have been okay with that. <laughs> He said he needed the heart of a lord. Yep.
God. And it wasn't going to be Jessica's. And I howled. Because he loved Jessica regardless. Like, <laughs> but Victor Lord and Todd Manning, I don't think that shit is insane. Just, just saying it all out loud is just wild. But yeah, those are my number three. All right, Sarah, what is number three for you? My number three is a tie, but since both you and Dylan talked about John Black, I'm going to talk about my other dad. Now, I want to preface preface and say no one's perfect, (laughs) but Bo Brady is a great dad. Uh, He's made some questionable choices as it pertains to Swamp Baby and her killing his other son. But... Bo Brady is a dependable dad. I feel I like he's I can't doing... even argue that point with you because yeah. even all the stuff with Chelsea was motivated out of guilt, out of not being in her life. So you can almost you can almost understand it as much as you hate it. Uh-huh. She could have stayed in the swamp, but okay. Um, I think his his best relationship has always been with Sean, even after Sean back to town after the whole Jan kidnapping thing. Um, Sean was, you know, in a place and I think that Bo always tried to do the best for Sean, even though he didn't agree with how Sean was living his life at the time. And with, with Sierra, at least young Sierra, I've always enjoyed the relationship he had with Sierra as a young child. Uh, we haven't obviously seen much of him and Sierra as an adult, except for, you know, the Beyond Salem stuff and the more recent stuff. But I don't, I haven't been watching, so I don't even know how that went down. I don't know if he had time with his kids during that time, but he was not conscious always... during the during the last return. He was in he was in a coma when Sierra came back and saw him. Yeah, I've just always loved the relationship Bo has had with Sean. The relationship he had with um, both JT, well, I guess with JT and Zach technically, um, yeah, just Bob Brady is a good dad. He's made mistakes with that other one, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's that a he's one? a great dad. That's my number three. I love that pick, Dylan. What is number three for you? Um, for number three, for me, we're staying in Salem. Surprisingly, I know, I know, I know y'all are shocked. Um, <laughs> but my number three is Abe Carver. Yeah. And like Abe's just, he's a really good guy and he's not perfect. But I think that that's what makes him such a relatable father. He has a really big heart and it has an incredible capacity for love and acceptance and forgiveness because Brandon did some things mm-hmm. but <laughs> Namely, as much Lexi. as Abe is not right. he's never okay. actually done anything to hurt any of his kids yeah not actively oh, not purposely not ever yeah. and like and that's the other thing like the love that he has for Theo and Brandon is no different or no deeper than the love that he has for Lonnie. And I would also argue that Nicole is a daughter of his heart too. Yes. Yeah. And he is just very supportive and understanding. But Abe will also give it to you straight, no chaser. 
and he just he comes with a lot of big dad energy and like and i just i appreciate that so much and i wish that they would lean into that more because i would like to see him like develop a relationship with chanel since she's the only one there Mm. but bombastic side eye (laughs) (laughs) but anyway go on but like he's just abe is just he's a good man and that follows through into the way that he approaches fatherhood like he will ride for his kids but he'll also let them be wrong yep He'll, he'll let them be wrong and that's that's not something we often get. You don't often get a parent who is both a writer and, well, I told you not to do it. You're going to have to take your lumps. Like, you usually get one or the other. Mm-hmm. You rarely get both. Yeah. But, like, Abe's just, he's a good dad, and I would like to see him get an opportunity to be that more. And, like, I want to see him with the grandkids. Like just, oh my god, the little that we've gotten with it is so good. I want to see him sing My Girl too, Jules. <laughs> right? Like, I just, I, I want those moments. And I just, he's a good dad. We don't, <laughs> he, like, pr- unproblematic, honest Abe. Like, we stand. We stand over here. So, he's my number three. All right, what is your number three? My number three, let me just say a quote and y'all figure out, we'll figure out who it is. DNA didn't (laughs) matter. Only the love did. And as far as I'm concerned, you are now, you'll always will be my daughter. Of course, Abe Carver. No, okay. (laughs) I was going to say, that was, that That, was right before Lonnie left, He said to Lonnie. Yes. So basically Dylan said my number three and she said it very well like speaking directly to this quote i know we have all have our feelings one way or another about this retcon however there's no doubt um of abe's unconditional love for all of his children and i think dylan said it much better way better than i will ever say because she said it perfectly (laughs) abe is just the all-around amazing father like he wasn't perfect but he was a great father to his kids and I really I really enjoyed the dynamic he had with each of his kids because like in the beginning with Brandon it was it was very rocky Brandon hated him he had a grudge against um Abe and that was entertaining to watch and then we saw like Theo being born and him growing up and then um Theo had autism and we saw how they him and Lexi moved through that and then Lonnie came into his life and she was an adult and then the whole retcon thing happened years later but like we saw different different dynamics with his kids and they really enjoyed that and we really do not have a lot of good fathers on soaps and Abe is just like an amazing father. And I really enjoyed watching that throughout the years. And yeah, he is my number three for all the reasons I just listed. And of course, what Dylan said was just spot on. So yeah, Abe Carver is my number three. 
And he is my number three oh. as well. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a, so. Abe with I the mean, broom. He's sweeping. He's sweeping. <laughs> And part of the reason why we were so upset when they undid Abe and Lonnie is because their relationship was so good. Mm-hmm. And we and much like with Taggart and Trina on GH, we didn't want to see Abe lose his baby girl. And he, their relationship did not change despite the fact that her DNA did. And it just... He's such a good man. I love him so much. And it annoys me that we did not get a whole lot of him and Brandon together before Brandon left. Because I kid you not, I think he found out that Brandon was his kid. And I think Brandon was gone like maybe a week later. Yeah. I think we found out the same same day Theo was born. Literally, as Theo yeah, was being born. Yeah, as Theo was being born. That's and then, born. yeah, and then he left a few. I think it just... Like, yeah, in real time, a week later, but in Salem time, a few days. A couple later? days, maybe. Like, like, like a day later. And like, we kind of got a little glimpse of it when they brought Brandon back a couple years later to to be the plot point to break up Sammy and Lucas when Kate was doing all that mess. We got like a little bit of it, but it was never enough. And I want Brandon to come back so bad because Abe needs his children. He needs Abe. Oh. Abe needs Theo. He needs Nicole. He needs Brandon. He needs Lonnie. He needs he needs his entire family back mm-hmm. in Salem. He that does. is what I want. Abe Carver is my number three. Nick, what is number two for you? Um, let's see. It's a best dad's pick, and I'm gonna pick Sean Butler. Um. Oh, interesting choice. He, I'm trying to walk yeah, with you because when did he dad? <laughs> well, he's a when, huge dad. W- well, when Jordan school. sent his son to him and didn't tell him it was his son. <laughs> oh, he, but, he unknowingly dadded. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm he, with you now. TJ showed up on Sean's doorstep. Sean didn't know which way to turn. But even before he found out about their biological connection, he loved him and tried to do right by him regardless of whatever ugliness he had between him and his parents. And I remember just Sean just being a the only, to be honest, the only stable force TJ had in his life for a long time because Thomas was dead Jordan, we didn't know where she was at the time. Curtis was on crack. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you for that. I thought that might actually be true. But did I lie? (laughs) And TJ was kind of like, his life was turned upside down because he was just shipped off to someone who was virtually a stranger. And Sean did the best he could, even though he wasn't in the he didn't put himself in the best position to be a good father, like because he shouldn't have been working for Sonny, but he did the best he could to make a home for TJ and give him something he didn't have or something that he lost. And when he left, 
um, I remember the scenes um, with him and Taqu with Sean Blakemore and Taquan Richmond. And Sean straight up said to him, like, I know you're upset. I know you're angry about this, but I have to hold myself accountable for the decisions I made. And at the time, he thought he made that terrible decision that led to Hayden being in a coma. So I hated, I still despise that they made that choice. And I wonder who made that choice. Uh, he who shall not be named. But um, <laughs> I understand Sean's attempt to teach, to lead by example. I made this choice. I knew the consequences when I made this choice. And I have to live with those consequences now. And I think that kind of taught TJ how to be the stand-up person he is. Because he didn't have Tommy. Tommy was, I don't even know how long Tommy was alive. If, or if Tommy was alive when. I feel like he died when TJ was a baby. I think he, he may have been about to be born or was just a, a young, a really young child. Because he doesn't talk about Thomas. He know he knows Thomas is dead, but he doesn't really talk about him. Um, but yeah, Sean was is my number two. I do miss him a lot. Um, the brief reunion he and TJ had before he left was great. I wish we could have gotten more of it. But um, they didn't appreciate Sean Blake more. They didn't. Not. But yeah, that's my number two. Hi, right, Sarah. What is number two for you? My number two is probably the most ancient dad <laughs> on the face of the soap earth. And that is none other than Stefano DeMiro. Knew it. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure even people who don't watch soaps know about Stefano DeMiro. And I don't even know where to start with this man. <laughs> Um, well, you he, can start with him being the reason half his kids are dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that too. <laughs> he also took in a lot of strays. He did. Um, he clearly never used protection because he has a million kids. <laughs> um, he was allergic to condoms, clearly. He was Catholic. That, <laughs> <laughs> that man is just weirdly enough he's very much like Sonny in that he loves his children down but he just makes his poor choices he doesn't even try and... to make good ones no oh, at all at all <laughs> ever you know with Sonny I think sometimes you can argue that maybe he's trying to he's trying but with Stefano that man is oh god <laughs> I don't I don't even know what he's just awful. Mm -hmm. Like he's top two and he's not number two in terms of terrible dads. That's for sure. <laughs> and yeah, Stefano Demira. Excellent choice. Dylan, what is number two for you? Okay, number two for me. Um, you may have to walk with me a little bit here. Uh -oh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But um my number two is from Genoa City, and it's Neil Winters. And here's the thing. Neil, Neil was the dad who didn't always get it right. 
And when he got it wrong, he got it way wrong. Lord knows. <laughs> but when the rubber met the road, he was always going to stand between his children and whatever was coming their way. And if he couldn't stop it from hitting them, then he was going to be right there with them to absorb as much of the hit as he could because they were his and he was going to stick beside them. <laughs> He was flawed, but when they lost Drew, he became the foundation that the entire Winter's clan rested on. Yeah. He was their touchstone, and losing him has left them all scattered and shattered in ways that are very profound if you know these characters and you understand who they used to be when he was there and who they are now that he's not mm -hmm. and like neither would, oh go ahead i would even argue that even before they lost him when they started writing him out of character that kind of destroyed the foundation of that family when they decided neil was going to be a cartoonish weirdo It never it hurt. Yeah, so it much. never felt right. And I think no, that's it didn't. Why, I think that's why people were so I think that's why there was such an easy acceptance of his quote unquote redemption and turnaround. Cause like yeah. we never wanted that other shit in the first place. How did they do that? Did they, they honestly just, they didn't? They, they just stopped having him <laughs> do weird shit. Yeah. That's literally that's that's literally <laughs> that it. was lit that was the story. And, no we were, and we were like, you know what? It is whatever. When my stand goggles on, I did not accept it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was furious. I was heated. But in hindsight, knowing what I know about Neil and I, knowing that he was written extremely out of character during that time, I can understand why people were so willing to just be like, okay, that happened. Let's act like it didn't and let's move on. And it's like, and the other thing about Neil, and this seems to be a recurring theme with a lot of the, actually with every father on my list, huh? Um, neither Lily nor Devon were his biological children. Mm -hmm. And that did not matter to him. Those were his babies. And even when he was at his angriest with them, he might get frustrated enough to cross the bridge, but he never lit it on fire and burned it behind him. No. Like, Did he at one point believe Lily was his? Yeah. Yeah. From birth all the way up until she was a teenager, right? Yep. And it's he he just he has never loved them any less than he loved Moses. And he's never let them feel like they were any and that's the thing. Like you see a lot of people on on Twitter that want because of the like friction right now between Nate and Devon, they want Nate or they want Lily to remind Devon that he's not blood family. And the thing is, Neil never let his kids feel like they were less than because he was not their biological father. He would never do that. Yeah. I, I feel think, like I don't think I feel Lily like, would ever do that. I feel like doing that would tarnish the legacy of Neil. Like he 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 is he never 
treated Moses like Moses was more special because Moses is his biological child. Like that's just not how he got down. And that's why they don't go. They would never go there. Like Drusilla would raise up from her grave (laughs) and drag everybody. Like people say that. And to me, that says y'all don't understand this family because that's a line that would never be crossed. And I just feel like the way that his loved ones have struggled in his absence speaks volumes about the kind of parent and grandparent and person that Neil was. So again, he was not perfect, but he was necessary. He was essential. And I don't think, uh, I don't think that fathers on soaps ha- um, get to be essential a lot of the time but when you just look at the way that family has kind of cratered without him neil winters was essential and that's like why he's my number two all right Ari, what is number two for you my number two is the same as um sarah's number two <laughs> and it's stefano demura i mean where do you begin? Um, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, Stefano Demura is a prime example of, like, being controlling, manipulative, evil, terrible father, along with being an awful person. Like, there's a whole damn long list about Stefano. And I I enjoy the, all of it. Like, his dynamic with his children was especially fun to me, especially especially the one he had with Lexi. I feel like that relationship brought up brought out his softer side. It brought out his it brought out his humanity. Yes. And it's pretty obvious that he was awful, but just that relationship it you, you could see more of his I don't know, human side and I really enjoyed their dynamic. And I could even see it through um with him and Theo and I love that um but I don't think Stefano was a good father he was (laughs) he was a terrible father um in every way and it was just (laughs) yeah I cannot name just so entertaining right my god like he was awful i i cannot name anything right now at the top of my head because it's been a while since i watched like the 90s and my favorite era um and i know he did some terrible ass shit at that that time period but i just stefano demera number two because he was awful but there was one good redeeming quality about him and that was his relationship with lexi and his grandson theo and I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that dynamic. That is my excellent two. choice. My number two um, is over on General Hospital, and it is Max Scorpio. I know he just got a biological child this year, or might have been 2022 when we found out. I'm not sure, but he has been raising children on this show since the 90s and he has been damn good at it and i just love me some uncle mac so he is my number two i hate mine too 
<laughs> what did you say, Sarah? I said he's fine. Oh, that part. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the, the whole gray hair, honestly. Oh yeah, he, he he could he could definitely join the Silver Foxes Can Get It Club. <laughs> it's working for me. But Nick, what is your number one? My number one. Um I'm scared. It would have been Stefano, but y'all explained it. He ain't shit. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> do I'm gonna do the best stats list, and it's gonna be a tie. Um he's already been mentioned, Abe Carver. Um Abe is just a rock. Like he's so supportive. Like I remember this scene when it was right. I think it was right after everyone found out that JJ wasn't the father of Lonnie's baby, and Abe and Lonnie were in the square, and she was—you could tell she was falling apart because she didn't know what she was going to do. And Abe was just so understanding. He was like, "Well, this happened, but you're going to be all right. You'll get through this. I'm here if you need me. Theo's here if you need him." Like he never allowed his children's mistakes to change how he treated them because he loved them regardless. And the scenes with his scenes with Theo were some of my favorite scenes on days to watch. Um, the most recent one that we got that really sticks out in my mind was after Theo, um, got left at the altar and after he finally accepted that he and Sierra weren't going to happen um, oh those scenes were so good they were sitting on the bench and Theo was was literally heartbroken because it's obviously it's someone he's been in love with since he, since he was a kid and he was just asking my dad when am I gonna find that that one true love and when am I gonna get that and he said you're gonna find it you may not, it, this is hard, you're going to get through this, but you are, are going to, there's life after all of this pain. And that, those two scenes specifically make me miss Abe's relationship with Lonnie and Theo so much. And that's part of the reason I'm not watching the show. Um, I miss that dynamic. I miss seeing him be being able to parent his children. I've wanted Brandon on the show since I started watching again. Since I had started watching back in 2010. Abe is just a good, Abe's a good person. As flawed, as stubborn, as he, as he can be, he's just a good person. And it shows in the way he treats people in general, not just the people he's related to he's just a good person and I think I think taking him for granted kind of hurt days but um yeah Abe's my the first one the second one is everybody's daddy and that's Mac <laughs> <laughs> Mac will raise somebody's child if they ain't got no parental figure he loved Robin he loved Georgie he loves Maxie those were his girls. Then you can't tell me that those are not Max Scorpio's babies. Um, so yeah, that's my number one. 
yeah, do more with both of those characters, please. Because um, John J. York and James Reynolds are excellent and they deserve to be treated as such. Yeah. Excellent choice. Sarah, what is number one for you? My number one is, for me, the best TV dad to ever exist. No TV dad. Prime time. Soaps. Reality. Whoever. And no TV dad is touching Abraham Carver, okay? For all of the reasons everyone said, Abe is just, he's just a good person. He loves all of his children. Like Dylan said, he holds his children accountable for the things that they've done, but he doesn't beat them while he's down. He still loves them through their mistakes. He's never done anything terrible to his children or anyone else intentionally. He's loved um, Nicole like his own child. The During the time where him and Lexi had adopted Isaac. I don't remember if we saw much of Abe with him. Oh, we did. They were together for like a year. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, but like actually him and Isaac together. I don't remember. It was such a long time ago, over 20 years ago. Um, But I remember when they found out that he was Bo and Hope's and him and him and Bo had a scene together and you could just tell how heartbroken Abe was that you know they had to he had to basically give up his son um but Abe is just he's such a great dad and I think he's so relatable to what real life dads at least the good ones are supposed to be like and are like and he's just a stand-up guy altogether and even with with Chanel being introduced to the canvas, the conversations that he's had with her, like you can tell he really cares about her. Um, he really also wants to be a good father figure for Chanel because she lost her dad at a very young age. Um, but yeah, Abe Carver, that's my number one. A true sweep, guys. I don't think we've ever had this before. <laughs> yeah. Excellent choice. Dylan, what is number one for you? Um, my number one has already been mentioned, but it he bears mentioning again. My number one is Mac Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Mac is him and him is he. Period. End of sentence. No discussion. In my Paul Heyman voice. He is the undisputed, <laughs> undefeated unfuck withable holder of the him heavyweight championship. <laughs> and and the thing is, depending on when you entered the chat with Uncle Mac, I, I feel like a lot of people who came late don't really understand the way he turned his life inside out and upside down to be a parent to Robin when she lost Anna and Robert. Because fatherhood was nowhere on his bingo card. He was the cool uncle. And like, that's, that was his lane. That's where he was comfortable. And he stepped up and he has shown out ever since. And then the way that he 
stepped up when it came to Maxie and Georgie without reservation, without restraint, regardless of what was going on with him and Felicia romantically. Like he he can be overprotective to the point of overbearing. He can make allowances when he should be holding them accountable, but he will move heaven and earth and go 10 out of 10 rounds with both Jesus and Doug for his kids <laughs> and his kids if that is what it takes. Love Doug. <laughs> and listen, I I I am a Mac Scorpio stan. I am president and founder of the Mac Scorpio fan club. Every mistake this man has ever made has come from a place of love. And to his credit, I know I said he can be overprotective and overbearing, but to his credit, to the best of my recollection, the only person that he was ever wrong about was Stone. So I'm just I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> Mac is a protector. He is a provider. He is the ultimate example to his girls of what being loved and accepted completely and unconditionally should look and feel like. He is the ultimate example to his girls of what a husband and a father is supposed to be. And he's about to enter his long lost kid era. When this Cody secret eventually comes out. And I know that's not the one we wanted, but that's the one we got. Y'all, we gonna have to rock with it. <laughs> it's not too late to 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 pivot. No, yeah, it is. But like, and I have no doubt that it it might be a little rocky in the beginning because Matt can be prideful, and I know his feelings are going to be hurt. But I also know that he is going to open his arms and his heart and his family, and if need be, his home to Cody because that's just who he is. That's who he's always been, Uncle Matt. He is him. Him is he. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> if there has to be a title, let there be. Honestly. <laughs> all right. All right. What's coming in at number one for you? My number one is, well, shocker, another one from Days. And it's Bo Brady. And the thing is, good look, choice. He, like you said before, he's perfect. Like, he's done messy things, but he's still, he's made messy choices, but he's still, like, perfect. If there's one thing I've always loved with Bo as a father, it's his, once again, I love the dynamics with, like, all of these fathers and their kids. And I have to mention Bo's dynamic with Sean, especially during Sean's messy era, because that reminded me a lot of like who Bo was when he was younger. And he, I think he saw himself a lot in Sean and he tried to reel him in. And it just was so relatable and enjoyable. And he really loved all of his kids. And yes, Dylan, even Swamp Baby, because I know you don't love her. We don't claim her. Why not? <laughs> At all. We don't claim her. She should have stayed in Because she turned my she baby belongs. into a speed bump, Ariette. <laughs> okay. She <laughs> have stayed in the swamp with the nutria and the gators where she belongs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But even then, when that <laughs> happened, 
like he had this feeling that <laughs> he had this feeling that something was off but he still like protected Chelsea through all of that like and Sierra with him being a girl that like it was just I loved him with all of his kids and JT and Zach like he is the father <laughs> I don't know he's just perfect messy but still perfect and I I wish we could see we could have seen him more um with his kids when he was brought back and it's really unfortunate the choices that they made because one one of the things that, that is so good with Bo is his family and it was such a missed opportunity but yeah, Bo is number one for me because he's such a good father. He's made he's been messy, but still an amazing father. Well, my number one is King of the Ain't Shit Fathers mm-hmm. for me. And that is Victor Kiriakis. Ooh. He I was is, wondering who would have him on the list. <laughs> he's absolutely fucking terrible and i do mean fucking terrible because whenever he was fucking the women they were the ones that came before his children to the point that he actually was willing to kill Bo over carly but ended up getting carly instead carly and even some good pussy that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> the thing is he hadn't even he hadn't even had a he wouldn't know at, yet he got a whiff and he lost his mind <laughs> and, and, now granted this this was uncle and nephew but just, he was basically a surrogate father to Justin because Justin's father was, was gone I will never forget him making Justin impotent just because he didn't like Adrian Ooh, yeah that was fucked up <laughs> then, he just, then, he, then he said he's going to steal the only baby Justin could have Yep, he attempted to steal. He attempted to steal Alexander. <laughs> like it's it's a whole mess. Like, and then he put un he put unrealistic expectations on Philip, the one child he did want. He had a very inappropriate relationship with Isabella because nasty. Uh, like <laughs> we've seen the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for anybody who has not been on so Twitter the last couple of days to see the video that's been going around, um, back when Isabella first came to town, before the reveal of who her father was, and even immediately after, there is all this talk of her relationship with Victor and how it almost went romantic but didn't, and it is the grossest thing I could. Oh God, it's so gross. It's just it's so gross. Like. Victor Kiriakis just is not a good father. And he, he he loves his kids, or at least he thinks he does. But <laughs> he thinks he does. I mean, he's not wrong. But he he has never been a good father. Ever. Yeah. And he has not mellowed with age at all. Because he was, he, I mean, he has been using the CEO position of Titan as a carrot to get his family in line for as long as I've been uh, alive. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. it's just I Victor Kiriakis ain't shit. Love him. <laughs> Love him down. But he ain't shit, especially in the parent department. My God. Philip never had a chance. 
because it, it you would think Philip would be like his pride and joy because that's the one child he wanted. But because of his health issues, he spent so much time away from Philip that by the time he came into Philip's life, all he did was throw his legacy and what he wanted Philip's future to be at Philip and Philip never felt like he measured up. And it just, he did, and his relationship with Bo was so complicated because by the time he found out that he and Bo were related, Bo already couldn't stand him. And they never fully got to a place of having a good relationship. They kind of had a decent-ish one, which is shocking given everything that transpired. Because, I, I, again, I know I mentioned it before, but he killed Bo or tried to kill Bo, knowing that Bo was his child. It wasn't even like a Sunny Dante, the reverse Sunny Dante situation. He literally knew that Bo was his child, did not care, wanted him dead and out of the way just so he could have Carly. And yeah, ever since. Him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but living that was the thought process. No, you're not wrong. He ain't really. He's my kid, but he ain't really my kid. Right. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> just he ain't shit. No, and ain't. so he is my number one. <laughs> Does anybody have any honorable mentions that they want to bring up? Yes, I, I do. do. But go ahead, Nick. Nick, go ahead. Okay, uh, I'll do. Um, these these are from across the pond, off the top of my head. For decent or okay dads, I said Mick Carter and Felix Westwood. He made some questionable choices. Wait, I Felix is the good dad? I, I said decent. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'll give Mitch Baker a shout out. He wasn't there when he when he should have been, but he came back and he was present. I think probably when they needed him the most. Um, but terrible dads. Let's start off with one from Days, Clyde Weston. Woo! Um, say out. <laughs> Get him again. Get him for me, because I sure was going to drag him. Clyde Weston is a... <laughs> he should be dead. He should be in the body bag, because Lord knows he was terrible. Um, but back to Across the Pond, Lucas Johnson from EastEnders. Um, he was a pastor and a serial killer. Just look it up. Um, and then... <laughs> and also, another serial killer... Also turned out to be Lucas's future um, son-in-law, Gray Atkins. Terrible, terrible human being. An abusive piece of shit. Started off killing his wife and then killed everybody else that he could find. (laughs) Oh, you unlocked a memory for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was also racist, too. I don't know if they ever touched on that in the dialogue in the story. Because he definitely targeted specifically minorities. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Gray Atkins. That he was a hot piece of trash. There we go. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Who are your honorable mentions before I bring up mine? Um, this is not from the soaps, but Eli Pope. Oh yeah. Watch, <laughs> listen to the mother episode for the exact same reasons. He's just <laughs> awful. But he's the so only good thing about him were his reads. <laughs> Was he though? Was he though? Was he what entertaining? Because, because I mean, like, yeah, okay, he did some things, but when was he wrong? 
Oh yeah, I mean, mean his opinions, but he was but terrible. It... <laughs> I mean, our, our methods could have used some improvement. Terrible <laughs> <laughs> people can still be right. I that have doesn't told y'all, I am. I <laughs> from Mama and Papa Pope. They are mine, and I'm gonna stand three blocks behind them because I don't want to be hit by bullets. <laughs> And then my other honorable mention, which I'm actually surprised nobody brought him up, is um, Lucas Lorenzo Spencer Sr. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus Christ. Garbage as a father. Father, husband, honestly, a grandfather. Just (laughs) human being. Just human being. Like, for me. I'm the only redeeming quality about Luke that made him entertaining for me was his banter with Tracy. But beyond that, Luke is Luke is terrible as a human being, as a father, grandfather, husband, just all around person, <laughs> businessman probably. Because I mean, I don't know if the haunted star ever I've ever made money. It did when um, Lulu ran it, not when he did. When they did the intervention thing, when um, he he ran over Jake, he was just like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to change. <laughs> and yo, oh, no. yeah. he, awful, yo, he really did say that did. shit. Like, yo, Guza was wild. <laughs> that man was just awful so yeah he's my i don't even know why he didn't come on my, i should have put him instead of victor newman victor newman could have been an honorable mention but here we are no luke spencer trash yeah. i forgot about him that's the weird part i did too definite trash but i've got i have one honorable mention and nick you unlock this memory if we're speaking of terrible serial killer fathers mac nightingale on Hollyoaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a piece <laughs> of shit, too. Good God. He pimped his son out as a teenager to make sure he wasn't gay. Good. Yeah. Poor James. Fucking oh, terrible. James. I mean, he's not the only parent that's ever done that. Paul Mendez did that, too. Yeah. To oh, Nicole. I hated that man. But it wasn't to, like, keep her from being gay. He nah, was that, was, that, was, that was all boys daddy on Shameless. Oh no! Oh, and if if we're throwing primetime fathers in, shit. just for just for shits and giggles, Logan Roy, may he rest in piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of primetime, Jr. Ewing, good God! Oh <laughs> yeah, because John Ross My was a God. hot John Ross was a hot mess because of his mama, but also because of his daddy. Listen, I'm only in season three of Dallas. I do plan on heading back to South Fork here soon. <laughs> and I don't understand how JR only got shot one time. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Truly. Uh, yeah. Oh, Lucy's lying. Oh. <laughs> Lucifer. Lucy. Yeah, that one was not great either. Yeah. Also, uh, like I know y'all probably y'all probably didn't go here, but um guiding light. Alan Spaulding and Roger Thorpe. 
Ooh, good choices. I went there for the last year, but I know enough to know you're not telling a lie. The fathering was not fathering. <laughs> it was at all. There was the, the, the parenthood was not parenthood. And again, these are men who, if you ask them, they love their children. And some of their children love them. <laughs> but child, when I tell you that everybody needed therapy. You get a therapist. You get a therapist. You get a therapist. But on the other side of the coin, you had Ed Bauer over there holding it down as a really great dad. And Buzz was a deadbeat who redeemed himself. Yeah. So so we got that. And then like if you go to Oakdale, they had they had some five-star fathering going on over there because Bob Hughes, Tom Hughes, and Hal Munson were above reproach. I don't care. Argue with the wall. Those were some great fathers. And then over on all my children, I would say that Jack, Jackson Montgomery. Oh, good choice. Joe Martin and Jesse Hubbard were the holy trinity, and they held it down for good daytime dads. And they had to, because Palmer and Adam were absolutely <laughs> not. Fucking terrible. <laughs> but are, are, we're, we're giving it to Jesse in spite of what happened in the later years, or are we just blanking yeah, that out of existence? People make mistakes. Yeah, everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, him and them strays. I, I was gonna say, which is Jesse's mistake? mistake the the baby switch it. thing or I, the stray? I, I let him make it with those. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point where no one, and even I would say, uh, this is why I can't stand them, Carrie winches. But I would say until Babe and Crystal entered the chat, Tad was doing some five-star fathering. Oh, yeah. Because he met Dixie when she was pregnant. And he never even, I mean, he, he was willing to claim paternity of JR before he was even born. And then, If it meant keeping her away from Adam. And then them Carrie witches rolled up. <laughs> also, shout out to Ace of Buchanan. <laughs> Yeah, I try. I almost put him on my terrible dad's list, but I did not because I didn't know much. But I do know he did a lot of terrible things. Oh yes. Speaking of terrible dads, I've got one honorable mention. But I'm I'm gonna gonna let y'all continue. Oh, what is it? Do throw it in. We're just throwing. A, we're just throwing a bit at random at this. T R Coates. Yeah, I thought about him, but I didn't. He was an ancient, yeah, I mean, he was definitely an ancient was, father, but he was wait, also an ancient person. Yeah, he was. He really I, was. I will never I, forget this. This all. This moment always stands out for me. Like the moment, like a few days or a day after he, he had shot Eli, and Eli ended up in a coma. He was comforting Lonnie. Oh, or, that made my skin crawl. When they stood at the hospital and they were talking and he went to like touch her cheek and she backed away and I was like, the nerve. He was awful, but it's so entertaining. Yeah. Also, sure. the I think the terrible father of terrible fathers, Alistair Crane. Woo! Speak on it. <laughs> I, I couldn't 
explain to you what he did, but it was a lot. Because he did everything. <laughs> yeah. Because he I, literally, he did everything. Mur- he, he murdered his child. <laughs> murdered him. After they told him, oh, you won't shoot your son. Bitch, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, don't know me. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Man, Hilarious. What did he not do? That's, is like, I could, Yeah, because like, didn't he fake the, his first wife's death and let them kids yeah. grow up thinking they, his, their mama was dead? Mm-hmm. Asa also did that too. Um, <laughs> like, just, Alistair was over there raping people, snatching babies, Jesus. falsifying evidence, trying to pit, lock people up, trying to steal trust. From, like, you name it, he did it. And he didn't care. At like he, all. And that's one thing I think when it comes to soaps writing villains, they've gotten away from that. They don't know how to let a villain just be a piece of shit. And be yeah, unapolog- they don't be unapologetic about it. Like, it took decades for Stefano to start feeling sorry for some of the shit he did. And still then, like, <laughs> and he that, still I wasn't going to feel sorry. <laughs> I think the only thing he truly and honestly felt sorry for is what led to Lexi's brain tumor. Yeah. But they don't... Everybody, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No. I shot that motherfucker because I wanted to. <laughs> My child or not. I didn't care. Like, yeah. just, Ooh, Alistair Crane. Alistair Crane. I didn't, and I didn't even watch all of Passions. I just read his Wikipedia page before. I'm like, this, this was the patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Ooh, Alistair was a menace. He was a menace. He was a menace and a mess. And that man is sitting at Satan's right side, right? Oh, for sure. Now he might be in Satan's chair. For all we know, he might have. <laughs> He might have usurped the devil at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, do we have any other honorable mentions? Um, no, I think I'm pretty good. All right. Well, then this has been a top five edition of the Soap Dish Salem Style and Soap Dish Port Charles Style podcast. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Later, Bye, y'all. y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye.